Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. The Gospel of St. Luke, and of course, chapter number 2. And why don't you stand with us, if you will, and I'm going to read two verses this morning, and Jana, you were pretty well right. I might have to do this, but I can see it a little bit back. I knew I was in trouble when I seen Pop doing this and, and what have you. But uh, anyways, I got it here, which is the best place to have it. Amen. But Luke chapter 2 and verses 6 and 7 and says, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Father, we come to your throne of grace this morning. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for what our hearts has already been made to feel, Lord. Lord, from seeing those precious young kids, Lord, sing that song and, and uh, go through the motions of the, of, of the things that they did there. It was a blessing to our heart, Lord, to hear in the songs that we, we sung, to Cindy's song, to what Brother Paul just did, Lord. We thank you for all of that, Lord, this morning. Most of all, we're thankful for your sweet presence that is here today. And God, we just pray that you hide us behind the cross. Let us preach in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And we'll thank you and praise you for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. As we said, we just come through a whole lot of Christmas. Amen. There's a song like that. But Christmas time for many is an exciting time of year. There's music, there's lights, there's trees. There's packages with pretty paper, pretty ribbon, pretty bowls, a song like that. And I thought about maybe singing a line or two of that, but then I thought better of it. Uh, but anyway, uh, we have also some uh, things uh, that, that the kids love and us kids at heart. Things like uh, Frosty. Amen. Yeah, yeah, that, you don't, I love to see those old things like that, like Frosty and Rudolph and Charlie Brown and those dumb Hallmark movies. Amen. How many of you get stuck watching them, amen? So yeah, just some hands of the men kind of go. Oh, I've seen some ladies that said they got stuck watching them. So anyway, but okay. But anyway, it's a time of joyous celebration. And we all love that this time of the year where we can be with our families, of course, and we can, we can eat and do all of those things. But it is a joyous celebration. But that was kind of mentioned already, but for many others... It's also known as the most loneliest time of year. Our text tells us about Joseph and Mary that had traveled from Nazareth to go to Bethlehem to be taxed. And maybe some of you have seen the, the movie that was uh, on earlier this week or sometime this week. 
and about how as they got into Bethlehem and they were searching for a place and every time they went to a different inn or whatever, there was never any room because it was already filled up for all the people that were there to, uh, to be taxed in the censuses and things. And so the only place for Joseph and Mary was a little stable. And I've often wondered, uh, as we think about that, about how lonely that must have been to come in a town where you didn't know anybody, to come into a place where there is nobody there that really knew you and maybe would go that extra mile in order to give you a place to lay your head. And that's what Mary and Joseph faced. But they made do with what was there, and all in all, in all what they were doing also was fulfilling Scripture. And so we know that they were there, and the Bible says that there was no room in the inn, and no doubt Joseph and Mary felt all alone in that city. Friends, I want to tell you this morning that loneliness is not a respecter of person. Even those with great riches and great fame have experienced loneliness. Just to be rich doesn't mean that it's going to eliminate your loneliness. You don't have to be poor to be lonely. And so we've seen a lot of people like that. There was a movie star many years ago whose name was Marilyn Monroe. She had everything uh, by the world, in the world, so to speak, that, that maybe she could ever want. She had fame. She had fortune. She was this famous person and a beautiful lady. But she died uh, uh, so lonely and, and so afraid. And she is said that she overdosed on sleeping pills. Others have gone through that same type of scenario. Just a few years ago, one of the greatest comedians that I ever knew of, Robin Williams. Now, I go all the way back to uh, Mork and Mindy and all those type of things like that when comedies were actually decent comedies. But in 2014, he hung himself with a belt because he was lonely. The Bible tells us that even the great Elvis Presley was a man that had battled loneliness many, many times. He was one of the most famous singers then, and even now you still hear a lot of his songs. How many of you maybe heard the, the song, Blue Christmas? Again, I'd sing, like, oh, thank you, young man back there. Uh, but uh, uh, the old song, Blue Christmas, I mean, and uh, uh, I used to love that old song. I used to do an impression of it uh, also, brother, but again, I wasn't very good at doing it, so uh, uh, we just uh, leave that be today. But Elvis was reported to have much trouble with depression and loneliness. And then that great song of his that was famous, Blue Christmas. But I've got another photo here, Jana, that does anybody recognize who this may be? Some of you older people, mature people. That guy's a name, his name is Bobby Vinton. And I love the old 60s type singing and things like that. And, uh, uh, but anyways, Bobby Vinton had a song of all times. It went number one in December of 1964. And that song was called Lonely. Lonely, I'm so lonely. You can see my voice is gone, so I'll leave it to preaching, okay? But my, some of you may remember that song. But there's a song out there, and it seems like a lot of times people get number one hits on those type of songs. Sometimes... Loneliness is something that is common to every one of us. No doubt every one of us here at some time or another, 
we have felt those pains of loneliness in our life. Have you ever thought that the somebodies, the nobodies, the anybodies, and even the everybodies at some time in their life face loneliness? Every one of them. Today, this may be where you are at. And it could come from various reasons. It could come from a financial hardship. It could come from a loss of a job. It could come from a loss of a recent loss of a loved one or just remembering as was said earlier. It could come maybe because you've been rejected by your family. But today I'd like to address just for a few minutes the thought of loneliness. And I realize maybe you, I, I, I was, had a Christmas message I wanted to preach, Brother Paul, but God kept saying, this is what you're going to do. And so I don't know to do any better than what God tells me to do, especially when He backs it up with what all of y'all have done this morning. But I want you to address a few things about loneliness this morning. First of all, I want to talk about the loneliness of the sinner. The loneliness of a sinner. A person who is dead and lost in trespass and sin has to be the most loneliest person there ever is or ever was. All who are born of a man and a woman are sinners. We're born sinners. We're not made sinners. We don't evolve into sinners. We are born. My daughter is going to have our first precious. I had to find some way to weave this in here. Grandson coming in in March or maybe early April. But even that precious little baby, these precious angels that were here a little while ago, they were all born into sin and remain into sin until that time that they received Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's a fact. But all who are born of a man and a woman are sinners. First of all, I want you to realize that we are born alone. When we are born into this world, we're born alone. We are without God. We are born sinners, and that's a fact. People don't like facts today, but at least not all the facts. But that's the fact. We are born a sinner. And there was only one who was born with God, and that was because He is God. Amen? And so we're born alone without God. And as I said earlier, I can't think of anything more lonely than a life without Jesus Christ. And all the things that I've gone through, and all the things that were in my lonely times, and all those things, I thank God, as, as was said earlier, that God was with me, and God sustained me, and God satisfied me. I thank Him for all of those things, because how lonely could it be and not have Jesus Christ. I couldn't fathom that in my life. But we are born alone without God. We are separated from God. Isaiah uh, chapter 59 and 2. Do I, do I have that one there this morning, Janet? Yes, I do. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. Now I realize it's talking to the, the people back then and maybe they were God's people, so to speak. But this can also be to those that have never known Jesus Christ. They are separated. Their sins have separated them from God until they receive that blood 
covenant, until they receive that blood atonement, until they receive Jesus into their heart, they're still going to be lost and dead in trespass and in sin. You see, we're born alone without God. But not only that, here is a fact. We die alone if we do not accept Jesus Christ. Oh, I realize this is not so much talking about a babe in a manger this morning and about the wise men and about the goat and the frankincense and myrrh and all those things. But I believe that this is the message that God gave me for this hour. And we need to realize that if we die alone, if there's someone here this morning and I look out over this church and I see folks that, that's probably the pillars of the community, the pillars of this church, but only God knows. But if we die alone and if we do not accept Christ, we will never ever be able to get away from an almighty God. In Psalms uh, chapter 139 and verse number 8, it says, If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed into hell, behold, thou art there. You can't go anywhere that God is not there. But we will never be able to get away from God. The thought I have had is that no matter where we go, and if you leave this world and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you go to that place called hell that, that Jesus spoke about many times in His earthly ministry. Friend, what I'm going to tell you is that your thought without a doubt will be, I could have been saved. I'm sure there was that time because God said so that He would have walked into your pew and knocked upon your heart and, and the Father would have spoke to you and drawn you and gave you ample opportunity to come and know the precious saving grace of Jesus Christ but we will never be able to get away from God. And I think that's going to be the most terriblest thing in all of hell, is never be able to get away from the face of God, never be able to get away from the saving grace that Jesus gave us. My friends, I tell you this morning that hell is the loneliest place that I can think of. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 31, it says, Then shall he say uh, also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I'm sure this is a smart group here this morning. This is a great Bible teaching church. I know because I see the things that you put on the, on the uh, Facebook and I like those things, the questions and things that, that's out there. Hear Brother Paul preach over the internet. So this is a Bible-believing church. But every one of you here knows that knows Jesus Christ that the hell was never prepared for us. It was not intended for us. God gave us a way of escape. But the Bible says that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. In the movies, sometimes you would sometimes see and they would make a casual statement and it made me shudder every time I've ever heard somebody say this. Some of the old cowboy movies they would say and other things they would say, well, I'll just meet you in hell. My friend, I'm going to tell you this morning that you do not want to meet anybody in hell. That is a terrible place that God prepared for the devil and his angels and not for our created beings such as us. You see, the rich man, the Bible tells us uh, that he didn't want uh, uh, to be there. 
But he didn't want anybody else to come there either. And he wanted to send someone back to tell his brothers and his family and his friends to escape from this terrible place. Did you ever, ever think about this? You ever read about the, the, the verse in the Scriptures where it talks about the demons who were uh, in, in, this, in this man that was just had all these demons in him. And the Bible says that when Jesus encountered him, that he was telling those demons to come out and he was going to send them back to their place. But what did the demons do? They begged to go into the swine. Not even the demons wanted to go back to that terrible place. Terrible place, the most loneliest place that I can think of. So there's the loneliness of the sinner this morning. But then secondly, I present to you, there's also the loneliness of the saints. You see, you and I, we are not exempt from this feeling. We're not. All around us, people can be. All around us, liveliness going on all around, even in, at the time sometimes when people's opening presents and doing this and doing that, there can be someone in the midst that could be a very lonely person, even if they know the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of God's greatest people experience loneliness. Did you know that? Sure you did. A lot of God's people experience loneliness. Elijah was, was a great, great prophet and a great man. Elijah was the one that was on one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I got a lot of them, but this is one of them, Brother Kenny. Was that he had, he had been on Mount Carmel and he went through all of the things that he did after the prophets of Baal tried to call down a God to start a fire. Just a simple lighting of a match, so to speak. And they couldn't do it. But after Elijah poured water upon uh, water upon water upon water upon it and drenched it and then called on the name of our God and the Bible tells us that it was lapped up, every uh, little bit of it was gone. Every bit of it was gone. Elijah was a great man. Elijah did a great thing. But then all of a sudden, Elijah got scared. And when Elijah got scared, he ran. And when Elijah ran, he got to that, that little place, that uh, I think it was a juniper tree or something like that. He got there and he's under that tree and Elijah got into the spirit of loneliness there. Instead of looking back and seeing all the things that God had him do, uh, through, or that God, rather, shall I say, rather did through him, Elijah got there and got in that place and got depressed and he got lonely. After that great victory on Mount Carmel, he sat underneath that tree of loneliness, and he wanted to die. But if I have 1 Kings 19 and 15 there, look what God tells Elijah. Or excuse me, yes, Elijah. And the Lord said unto him, Go. And what's that next word? Return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint, I think it says Hazel, to be king over Syria. What I want you to get here is, Elijah got lonely. And God, what God was telling Elijah here is that, hey, I'm not done with you yet. It ain't over. I haven't wrote the last chapter in your life. And Elijah, it's time for you to go back. Sometimes we get in that state, don't we? But you know what? God doesn't want us to stay there in that place. 
He doesn't want us to be in that state of disappointment, that state of loneliness. Just like Elijah, God is telling us at times, it's time to go back and take up the cross, take up the mantle, take up the sword, whatever it may happen to be, and continue to do and finish what I've given you to do. God told him to go back because God wasn't done with him yet. You read a few verses down there. I don't have that, but you read a few verses down in verse number 18, and it talks about that he reminded Elijah that he wasn't the only one. Sometimes we think we're the only ones, don't we? Sometimes we think we're the only ones that's in the fight. Sometimes we think we're the only ones that's standing. Sometimes we as preachers even think we're the only ones that's preaching. But the Bible reminds Elijah that he had 7,000 still in Israel that were standing for God and doing what God wanted them to do and didn't bow to Baal and didn't say the things of Baal. There was still 7,000 strong that was there standing for God. And Elijah needed to see that. And Elijah did see that. Another great person that we find in the, in the Word of God that experienced loneliness was the great King David. The Bible tells us that David was the greatest king that Israel ever had. Yeah, I know Saul was first, and I know that Solomon was the richest, but David was the greatest. David was the uh, man, the Bible says, after God's own heart. And in Psalm 61, 1 and 2, David wrote some great things there. When David was troubled, you can go look in the book of Psalms and you can see a lot of David's heart. Amen? You can go in there and you can see the very inner thoughts and beings of David. And David was, was uh, overwhelmed by his trials many times. Most of the times it was of his own doing. But David was still overwhelmed by his trials. And we see in Psalms, a lot of times, the heart of David. This one in particular says, Hear my cry, O God. Have you ever been there? You ever been to that place where maybe a husband, a wife, a son, or a daughter, or a preacher, or a pastor, or whatever, you just have to go, Hear my cry, O God. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. Please, O oh God, listen to me. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We have stability in the Lord Savior Jesus Christ. We have stability in our God. And He is our rock. He is our refuge. Even in those times of loneliness, I assure you that God, Jesus, our Lord will always be there with you. How many times do the trial of life overwhelm us? How many times, maybe this week even, for some of us did the trials of life overwhelm us? I've always liked saying this, Brother Paul, this part of the Word of God. I don't know what it is, but I've always liked this verse in Hebrews where he tells us that he, and I think I heard this not too long ago when you was preaching, he is the author and what? The finisher. The author and the finisher. That's our God. Amen? He has orchestrated a path for every one of our lives. Every one of our lives, he's orchestrated a path. 
And we are to walk that path because he is the author and the finisher. Amen? That's what he is. And uh, sometimes we just need to realize this. We just need to sometimes go back, do what God wants us to do, and say, okay, Lord, here I am, send me. Amen? So David and Elijah were great, great people, but experienced loneliness. Cindy and I just finished up reading through the Bible for the year, and we ended up with Job and Revelation. Any of you that's reading through the Bible, maybe y'all have the same type of, of uh, curriculum that we have. But we just finished up with Job and, and Revelations. And I thought, man, Job is a real good example of a person who had to endure loneliness. Amen? Job 19 and 25. For I know, and, and that italicized is mine and the, the color's mine. For I know that my Redeemer liveth. I wanted you to see that. That's what we need to realize sometimes. We're not alone. Our Redeemer liveth. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that He shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. We got that to look forward to. But if anyone should have felt alone, brother, it was Job, wasn't it? If anyone should have felt alone, it was Job. Job had everything. And then Job had nothing. He had everything. And then nothing. Everyone had left him. His wife told him to curse God and die. His family uh, it was all gone. Even his friends came, his so-called friends came, and give these big, long exhortations in the book of Job about why he was wicked and evil and must have sinned against God for all of these calamities to come upon him. We know because of the Word of God that that wasn't the truth. We know because of the Word of God that God was simply showing off Job and told Satan and said, Has you ever considered my servant Job? And he, let these he allowed these things to happen all the way up to his health-wise and all that. But God says, You cannot take his life. But Job, everybody accused him of everything evil. And that's why God was doing these things to him. That's what they said. Many of us today probably had people come against us for no reason at all. Just, just, just because. Because people are people like that. But you do know, but do you know, and I know you do, that Job even questioned if God had left him? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever been to that place that, God, have, have you left me? Is there a reason for all of this? There's been times in my life, times in my life it's been like that. I don't have time to go into a lot of different things, but right now you can probably think of something in your life at some time that you felt like maybe God had left you. And then another person that we find in the Word of God is the Apostle Paul. Paul was, Paul was a great man. We all know him to begin with as Saul, and he, he persecuted the church, persecuted the Christians, was on the road to Damascus, and, and he got knocked off the horse by the Lord by, by the bright light, and he received Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. We all know that. 
Well, no, Paul is the great apostle that wrote a lot of the great epistles and did a lot of great things. We all know that. And I'm sure sometimes we forget this one little point about Paul. But in the beginning, Paul, Paul didn't have anybody to preach to. In the beginning, everybody was so against him and knew who he was before that they didn't want to listen to him. No one wanted to be near him at the beginning of his ministry. Nobody to preach to him. And the only one who trusted him finally was one person by the name of Barnabas. Paul did have a friend. Not only Jesus, but he did have another friend. But no one wanted to be near him at his ministry. We find that during the ministry, Paul was straight as an arrow. And during his ministry, uh, many had left him and, and, did, and left him to be. We find in 2 Timothy 4 and 10, For Demas, Demas, has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. And you see the rest of it there. But Demas left him. People left him. Left him there all alone a lot of times. We find in Paul's life that Paul had spent a great deal of time in prisons, and especially in the Roman prison. We find Paul spent a long, lonely time there before he was even uh, put to death. So there's different ones. But then I want you to think about this. Not only did we see Elijah and David and Job and Paul, but there's other ministers. I'm going to tell you this morning that I know that sometimes pastoring can be a lonely place. It can be. It could be a lonely place. Remember Moses? Folks, leadership's not easy. Leadership's hard. It's not easy. If you've, ever, you've, you've been there, you know. Leadership's not easy. Leadership's hard. Sometimes you have to make decisions that are the right decisions because they're the right decisions. But pastoring can be a lonely place. Moses realized that. Moses knew that. When he was leading those people out of Egypt, they were cantankerous. That's an easy word. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, brother. That's kind. It's an easy word. Amen. Some of them didn't want to leave. Some of them had doubts. But leadership says this is where God wants us to go and where God wants us to go. And I believe God puts his man in the place so that he can be the leader, uh, being the shepherd, if you will, for us. You see, one of the other things was, was that Moses was burdened down with the people's burden. Let me tell you, folks, when you have a burden, it burdens your pastor also because your pastor loves you and your pastor loves your church. And so it weighs him down. But let me tell you something. For us in the ministry, it's still a blessing and a privilege to preach and, Brother Joe, teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's still a blessing for us to do that. Amen? Sometimes in the loneliness of the study, God gives us something that when it's put into the pulpit or when it comes to the pulpit and then out to the congregation, God will bless it. Amen? You see, 
I think the angels would be on the brink of glory if they could only preach. Think about that for a moment. All the angels that came in those skies that we didn't get quite down to to read in the book of Luke, all those angels that filled that sky, there was one and then there was a whole host of them. I guarantee you, all of those angels, that was the best message, the only message they really ever got to preach. But I guarantee you, they'd like to preach Jesus Christ crucified, risen again, sitting at the Father's right hand. But that's not their message to preach. God gave that to us lowly human beings to preach. Thank God for that. And then quickly let me say the loneliness of the Savior. In John 1 and 10, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. You see, the Savior was lonely at His birth. Going back to, to you don't have to go back to this, Jana, but in, in, in uh, Luke 2 and 7, it talks about there was no room in the inn. And He was lonely at His birth. He was lonely during His earthly ministry. He came into His own, but was rejected, John 1 and 11. He came into His own, and His own received Him not. Who did He come for? He came for us, the masses. So during His earthly ministry, He came to His own, but was rejected. He was rejected by His own nation, by His own hometown, and even His own family, some of His brothers, and so on and so forth, the Bible tells us, shows us. And then in the loneliness of the Savior, not only was He alone at His birth and doing His ministry, but at His death. In Matthew 27 and 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, say, Eli, Eli, lama, sechabani. That's why I like that version that I listen to. It gives you the names there, and I'm not the best with that. But it says, that is to say, my God, my God. I can read that. Why hast thou forsaken me? He was lonely at his death. I preached it before, God turning His back on God. Amen? And the Father was just not able to look on the Son because He took on the sins of the whole world. That had to be a lonely time for the Savior. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.